Welcome to Behind the Scenes with Brian, the podcast covering everything from engineering, mining, and mine waste management to whatever else may be on our minds. Pop in your headphones and don't forget to rate, subscribe, and share. And now, here is your host, Brian Ulrich. Hey everyone, it's Brian. This is Behind the Scenes with Brian, and I am on this episode with my son, Timothy, who lives in Beijing, China. Uh, good morning. Hello. Good morning, Tim. How are good you today? Good morning to everyone. Good evening. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> evening, evening on this side and morning on that side. Uh-huh. So, we just got back from a really nice family trip to uh, China, especially Beijing, and had a fantastic trip over there and and to be honest with you china was not on my bucket list and aside from seeing you and fanya i I wasn't really looking forward to the trip and maybe it's because i wasn't educated enough in what all is available there for for tourists to do but it's it's one of those amazing places for a tourist to be and I'd put it up there with, with Washington, D.C., you know, with all the Smithsonian that you can do. There's so many things, so many fascinating things to do around Beijing. And yeah, we just had an amazing time over there. And I've got to thank you for that experience. It was, it was a real eye-opener. Oh, it was all worth it to have you riding on the back of my scooter while I drove through Beijing traffic. Yeah, the wrong way down uh, crosswalks and sidewalks, and going the wrong way on streets. <laughs> you did, you did oh, drive. Really great. You did drive expertly, though I have to say. <laughs> Thank you. Been doing it for a while now. <laughs> yeah, you, you you fit in like years? a bubble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How long have you been in China now? Well, almost five years now. Oh, okay, longer than we were in South Africa. Yeah. Interesting. And you you started out with an internship at a magazine. And remind me what city that was in? Qingdao. Qingdao. So your listeners might know it because it's uh, it's beer. Yeah, the it's probably but... the most famous Chinese beer in America. Right. It's not even Chinese. It's a German recipe. Yeah. Right. It, it <laughs> tastes. Figure. Yeah. It tastes like uh, very European, like Heineken or uh, Grouch or one of those uh, Pilsner style German beers. Right. Right. Um, and then after working there, I moved to moved outside of Shanghai to go do my master's at a British university, and then uh, found a job in Beijing. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's about the fix of it. Just kind of got, um, got entranced by the country and, uh, it's been, it's been going pretty well. I would like to add a caveat to your statement about it being like Washington, D.C. It's like D.C. if there were thousands of years of history. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so our, our joke here, kind of a, a repeated joke is that this, this vase is from the Ming Dynasty, 
and there's a lot of stuff from the Ming Dynasty in China. It's it's a fascinating place with uh, incredible history. You're you're right about that, and that was one of the things that I found to be so fascinating was learning some of that history. Uh, like most Westerners, I didn't, never got exposed to any of that history except maybe a little bit about Marco Polo. Uh, but nothing about the Chinese dynasties and and how they affected the world, the Opium Wars, uh, just just amazing, an amazing uh, country with so much very incredible history. Right, right, and <clears throat> I'm kind of ignorant of its history as well,、uh, though I've been studying it and seeing it up close. It's still like a very A、uh, distant part in my historical learning, just because of how we're taught world history when we're young. Yeah, it's, it's like、uh, China's super far away, but Europe's a bit closer, so we learn European history.、Um, but it takes the same same time to fly to either continent, so it's yeah, it, it's kind of just more yeah, the, the differences between cultures. Yeah, and the the ticket price for me to go from Denver to Beijing is the same for me to go from Denver to Elko, Nevada. <laughs> Seems very. So next time you want to go to Elko, yeah, just, just think you could be in Beijing. <laughs> yeah, my、uh, favorite place that we visited in China was the Lama temples. And I was just fascinated by that. There was a lot of really interesting places we went to: the summer palaces,、uh, the museum, the Great Wall.、Uh, but I was just fascinated by the Lama temples and the the amount of historical antiquities that they have in there. It was just it was breathtaking. Right, and that that's、uh, that's one of those places where you kind of have to go. Mm. You know, if you're if you're if you're in Beijing, you have to go there because it's just spectacular. It dates back、uh, to the early Qing Dynasty, I think, which is、um, like the <clears throat> early 17th century. I might be wrong on those dates. 18th century.、Um, but the main attraction there is this 40-foot-tall Buddha statue. Yeah, made out of a single piece, piece of, of wood. wood. Just yeah, massive. It is. Yeah, it's very impressive. I mean, I could say forty feet to your listeners, but unless you actually see it, you don't know how giant that is. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, it was it was really impressive.、Uh, and then obviously we went to Tiananmen Square and the Forbidden City, and those are both、uh, the Forbidden City is an amazing place as well. Yeah.、Um, You and Mom didn't know how massive it was when we got there, but no, we had no idea. <laughs> yeah, just building after building after building, and you know, it was it was really very cool, very very cool. Definitely. Well, I'm glad you guys had a good time. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you know this podcast is、uh, about mining or engineering or whatever else is on my mind. So why don't we talk a little bit about mining in China and? If you know anything about that, I sure don't know much of anything about the mining in China, other than that's where most of our rare earth elements come from. Right. Aside, 
excuse me. Aside from rare earths, it's also the world's largest producer of coal and gold. And it, as well as that, it's the leading consumer of mining products, which is pretty big.、Uh, last year, China produced 440 U.S. tons worth of gold. Wow, which is that's,、uh, that's amazing. Almost 400 metric tons to your、uh, to your viewers outside of America, to your <laughs> listeners rather. <laughs> hmm. No,、oh, that's that's amazing. And are the, are there?、Uh, Nationalized companies, or they're all privately held, or, or how does the mining in China work? It's a mix. So、uh, it used to be just all state-owned operations,、um, and that was actually kind of good to start up the mining industry itself in China because after the Cultural Revolution, it was an industry left in shambles, and、uh, so they needed to cultivate both their own experts. In the in that field to to educate and then produce the industry. So there there was a lot of planning involved in that. That、uh, once the private industries were allowed to take part in the industry, there was already a firm foundation for it to to flourish. And、uh, so now you see a, a, both, so state and private companies. Okay, interesting, interesting. What I mean, it's a huge country. They must the country must be blessed with a lot of diverse mineral wealth. Right. I don't know to what extent, but obviously because it's such a a giant country and it's um there's you know a lot of geographical.、Uh, I wouldn't know how to put it into mining terms, but、uh, geographical variety. Yeah. So yeah. lots of different types of formations and everything that lends itself to having those certain types of minerals, like you know, gold, rare earths.、Uh, the world's largest platinum mine is also in China. Hmm. I had no so idea. There's a lot of variety when it、yeah. comes to that. Yeah, I had no idea. Interesting. Interesting.、Um, and who are some of the big mining companies? Do you have any notion there? Are, are there? Ooh, that you caught me off guard. Okay. Are are there?、Uh, I have no idea. Are there foreign mining companies working in China? There are companies that invest in in mining companies, and then、um, there are foreign companies that operate, but they're under very strict regulation. Uh, for example, you can't be a foreign-owned enterprise and own a rare earths mine. Ah,、uh, yeah. And I know that、uh, in the U.S., it's very difficult to open a rare earth mine because it's really difficult to refine that product, and the the Chinese refineries are obviously putting out the world supply of those of those.、Uh, Rare earth elements, and those are needed for all the renewable type of、uh, green energy things.、Mm-hmm. Right, kind of a、uh, kind of a, a, a strange process because you have a, an Ouroboros, if you will. So you're trying to、um, build renewable energy, but you have to mine it, mine these minerals to get out.、Uh, Get out these metals and then process them, which is a very environmentally damaging、uh, process altogether. 
Right. Kind of funny there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a, I suppose it's kind of an oxymoron, isn't it? Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, same with like battery production, right? So nickel mining. You have to get mm. the nickel out, and right. Um, I don't know if it's the same way if it's the processing of it that's environmentally damaging or the extraction process. Mm. Yeah, not not nearly as environmentally damaging as the rare earths, though. No, no, I bet not. <laughs> hmm. Right, but all of those things are building our future. Yeah. So, Tim, what what is your? I know I know you've kind of fallen in love with China. What is your favorite thing about China? Um, I love how just I I could wake up one morning on a day off and just go and have an adventure. Uh, just drive in any direction basically and end up having having a different adventure and uh, just having that ability. Um, it, it, it's probably not the same as in Colorado because yeah, I could go out to the mountains and whatnot, but I'm also in this in this foreign country right now that's uh, still somewhat foreign to me in a lot of ways. Like uh, even though my my uh, I've learned a lot of Chinese, it's still not up to the up to par. So that uh, you know creates a, a a distance between me and people that I meet, but that only Leads to further adventures because you know how do I how do I talk to this person if I want to go into this random restaurant and order something can I talk to them so oh. <laughs> it's, it's all fun yeah. stuff yeah and, and speaking of adventures we uh, we we talked about going to see some of the sites but we did a lot of walking too while we were out there with you lots of stairs stairs everywhere and we walked for miles and miles every day it was uh, it was a it was real experience in in so many ways. <laughs> yeah, it is, and um, it, you know, I don't often go up to those sites just because you know you live in a city and you never go see the tourist sites. That's kind of the unsaid rule. Uh, yeah. Um, but I mean, so like two kilometers south of me, there's these hutongs, which are just like these old neighborhoods in Beijing. Mm. You know the it's really fun, even if you're living here for quite some time, to just go down there and and zip around and uh, just see random stuff. Mm-hmm. Just find yeah place or yeah. you know go somewhere new. <laughs> no, it does does sound like a great place to adventure. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. And what's your what's your favorite place so far in China? Uh, um. Well, I'd, <clears throat> I'd have to say Chongqing, which is uh, where my girlfriend Fanny is from. Ah, uh. it yeah, it's the it's technically the world's largest city, but it's the uh, largest city in China. Um, hmm. and it, the largest city in the world thing is kind of a, a technicality. Nobody really classifies it as that because. Uh, in, or, in order for this city to break off from Sichuan, it had to be called a municipality. So the whole hmm. chunk that's taken out of Sichuan is a it's a municipality, but it's just a just a wonderful place, and um, it's very cyberpunk, I'd say. It's 
you know, all these Hell neon yeah. buildings and everything. And then you have like these uh, dilapidated ancient housing right next to it. Um, and it's a very hilly city too, like lots mm. of hills, lots of ups and downs. Mm. Uh, and so that, that only adds to it. So, um, it's known for having the subway station in a building. So it's a, it's just a freestanding building. But while they were building the subway, they were like, we're going to have to put the subway through this building. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> lots of, uh, just random stuff like that. Like you can get in on the ground floor on a building and then go up 11 floors and be out on the ground floor again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love uh, the, uh, obviously the food is the best. That's where hot pot comes from. Yeah. Yeah. And we, uh, I think we had <clears throat> hot pot four nights in a row and, and maybe you can describe that to listeners cause it's really not a very common thing here. Although you did find a place, was it in Denver? Yeah, there's a, there's at least one place in Denver. It's becoming pretty popular. Um, and this is probably like the more, if you think of Chinese food, it's probably the more authentic food. Mm. Uh, so it's, there's a heating element in the center. Uh, it could be a gas or electric stove. You put a, a pot on top of that with broth in it. Um, and then crank the heat up and, and cook various ingredients in it yourself. Like, uh, meats or vegetables or, various tofu products right uh, the the broth is really the secret yeah i thought that the halal place the the broth there was the best that was my favorite <laughs> yeah that was super good they they um cooked um the, the spine, uh lamb spine in the broth for oh yeah a day or two and then it yeah, yeah it added seasonings and yeah, and it, it was made, made for it made a really like, good broth. Yeah, it was like bone broth that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, and and uh, one one question that I'm asking everybody um, is about space mining, whether it's lunar mining or asteroid mining or uh, elsewhere in the in space. What what are your thoughts on space mining? Well, I don't, <clears throat> I don't think that we should be taking the aliens' jobs. <laughs> <laughs> well, they'll they'll build a wall sooner or later. <laughs> and and they'll, and they'll make um, us pay for it. <laughs> In all seriousness, though, we pretty much are are uh, needing to do that. Otherwise, we'll have to end up recycling everything that we have uh, and, and trying to trying to stretch it out the most so uh, no growth for us right um, yeah and in, in an expanding uh, population it's really hard to recycle everything and meet your needs oh of course we'd be stretched super thin though yeah so we'd be we'd be kind of forced to do it but fortunately within the vicinity of earth at least um, NASA estimates that there's 700 quintillion dollars worth of uh, minerals floating around Earth. Whatever a quintillion I mean, is. Yeah. <laughs> ask, uh, maybe ask Bill Gates. <laughs> hey, Bill, can I have a quintillion dollars? 
hey, do you have a quintillion dollars in your pocket there? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just an unfathomable amount of yeah. money. Yeah, I think I've read like the. Yeah, I think I've read the same article, and then uh, on the moon, there's the helium three, which is in a pretty abundant supply there. But because of our atmosphere here on Earth, it's almost non-existent. And um, there, there's people working on um, fusion using the helium three. So once there's a viable way to to uh, collect that from the moon, then we can have a, a cleaner, safer way to generate electricity that doesn't have a, a, a radioactive waste left over. Exactly. Right. Right. And that's a that H three is key to that process. Um, and well, one big thing for me about uh, space mining, be it from the moon or asteroids, is is the processing of it. Where does it take place? Do you bring a whole asteroid down to Earth or just like <laughs> yeah. little chunks? Right, yeah. Do you have smaller drones? You can't really deliver a, a Shea Stadium-sized piece of gold to the Earth without you know killing all the dinosaurs or whatever. <laughs> but you can imagine... No, exactly. You can imagine an army of drones dropping, uh, you know... I don't, I don't know, Volkswagen sized pieces of rock to the earth, maybe. Mm hmm. Right. I mean, the, the most feasible option would be to process it in orbit and then send down the processed goods. Right. Um, and I'd advocate for my favorite here, which is a space elevator. I'd say you need to have that space elevator. <laughs> I, don't, make don't, it a, uh, I don't know how those work. Uh, just like a normal ele elevator, but they're in uh, what's that called geostasis, so they're f they're floating in orbit at as the same speed as the point on Earth that they're tethered oh. to. Oh, okay. And that makes centripetal force hmm. when it goes up, and you can use the weights in, in the same way. Um, we're still a while away when it comes to the materials needed for that because you could have just used any. Any random, uh, I don't know, tensile steel or something, because it obviously needs to be an incredibly strong uh, material in order to put up with that much weight. Yeah, maybe that same metal that uh, Elon Musk used in his all-electric um, pickup that he just unveiled. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I hear it's unbreakable. <laughs> Except for the windows, we got that's a soft spot. There's the windows. Uh, mm -hmm. well, right. Well, well, hey, it looks like we're just out of, about out of time here. But is there anything else that you wanted to share with the listeners before we sign off? Um, I mean, yet yeah, uh, keep listening to my dad. <laughs> Should I plug your LinkedIn? <laughs> and, and and my blog as well and I, I guess I, I sh should have pointed out uh, to everybody that the voice that you hear on the introduction is 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 Timothy so that's where that voice comes from oh uh -huh. that explains <laughs> it <laughs> I, I will uh, I will plug my Twitter which is 
I don't know if your followers have Twitter. It's Tall Tim Too Tall, and the two is the number two. The, you mean the numeral? It's all Tim. Or sorry, not the letter. It's too early here. Sorry, not the, <laughs> not the letter two. <laughs> tall Tim, number two, tall. Okay, tall Tim Too Tall. The, the numeral. Okay. The numeral two, right? Okay. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I would imagine that there's some very interesting content on there. Maybe I'll have to look at it myself. Oh, I just, I just mostly, uh, mostly reply irrelevantly or, uh, yeah, it, absent of all relevance to, to people's tweets. So uh. <laughs> it's mostly. <laughs> It's mostly just funny comments, but... Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I know that it is about time for you to get to work, so I will sign off, and thank you very much for being on the show, and I'll let you know when we uh, post the podcast. Yeah, thanks, Dad. All right. Well, that's it. I'm Brian, and this is Behind the Scenes with Brian. Until next time, keep on rockin'.